Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, wake me up when November ends. That's the slogan a lot of Sens fans are rolling with after a fifth loss in six games over the weekend. This one, 6-4 against Tampa Bay. And it's been five days since Pierre Dorian and the Sens went their separate ways. So who are some potential candidates for the new GM job of the Sens? Lots are coming out of the woodworks. We'll discuss who could be the best and maybe the worst of the bunch. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 910 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can find the show on social media at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, a subscription, and a comment go a long way. Today's comment, we want to know who your top choice is to be the new general manager of the Ottawa Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Today is Monday, November 6th, and Pilsy, I can't believe it's only November 6th. I know. I need November to roll along a little a little quicker here as this... We knew it was going to be stressful. We were all nervous about November, but I don't think any of us anticipated it was going to go like this within the first four days, Ross. Like... This is absolutely brutal. Seven more games in the month of November, two of them in Sweden, the rest on home ice, except for Wednesday. Battle of Ontario, the first Battle of Ontario of the year. The Leafs have been kind of up and down throughout the year. We'll have our full game day preview on Wednesday, but this is going to be a hungry bunch of Maple Leafs that are going to smell some vulnerability coming into their building because the Senators, they're frustrated and they seem like they always have this this push at the end of games after it's already too late. So I know it's kind of cliche to say, like, what's what's holding them back? Like, start on time, right? But what's holding them back from, from you know, getting... When's the last time the Sens had a two-goal lead? When's the last time the Sens had, more? I guess, more than one goal? Like... Or Pitt, I guess. Pitt, maybe? Pitt, yeah. So it was. But, I mean, that one, even still, they, they pulled away and then gave up one. So, yeah, it would have been in the uh, the first period against Pittsburgh. And then they kind of just coasted from there. But I'm just looking for a little consistency out of this team. And I don't know. I, I don't want to, like, throw one area under the bus. I just think, as a whole, they just got to be better. I think it's going to be hard to get consistency, Ross, unfortunately, when you're down five main players on your roster. I think what we're trying to find here is, and this is a Steve Steos buzzword, is stability. And it seems like there's not stability in the organization right now. I mean, 
they're about as fragile and banged up as I am right now as uh, this is a flu game for me here. Battling through, though, and just like Brady Kachuk, there's frustration all over, but we're going to give a full effort here, Ross, full effort. What do you think, What do you think of Brady Kachuk's comments from after the game on Saturday? We talked about it in the postcast, Ross, before we even heard the comments. I, I mentioned how, I, look, it, there's not a lot of things to be proud of as an Ottawa Senators fan right now. I don't think Sens fans are puffing their chests out like maybe they were in the offseason or at the start of the year. But there's one thing I'm proud about. It's it's the way Brady Kachuk leads this team. And, man, yeah, here's here's the quote from uh, Ian Mendez's article, Ross. Maybe you should read it as I should do less reading rather than more. It's frustrating, the negativity from the outside, the constant booing and the bullshit from the crowd tonight too. I understand they're a passionate fan base. I love it. But when you're facing adversity, you don't turn your back on the guys out there. I mean, we're playing hard. It's not like we're giving up out there. And the thing is, Ross, I don't look at this as like an athlete calling out the fans. Like that that didn't even really cross my mind here. I, I look at it as a guy in Brady Kachuk who has a lot of pride He's putting it all out there. There's no doubt about that. He had one hell of a game in Tampa despite a losing effort or uh, against Tampa, I should say. And I couldn't even imagine, like Ross, imagine us right now doing doing the, the podcast and there's 18,000 people booing. <laughs> like all our Send Central citizens that have been on the show are just booing us and saying fire Pillsy. Like, I don't know what I would do. It'd be pretty tough. So it's... I, and I know these guys are athletes, the pros, they get paid millions of dollars, but at the end of the day, they're still people and that's got to hurt. And I didn't think he really lashed out at the fans. I just think he, he wanted to validate, Hey, look, I get that you're frustrated. I get that we're not winning games and it's not looking pretty out here, but I just want to make sure the fans know it's not for a lack of effort. And we, we understand that people pay their hard earned money to support us. And we don't want to let them down. We're doing everything we can to avoid that. But it's it's tough. Like, he's he's facing the music, I guess. And that's not an easy thing to do. And for a guy in his early 20s leading an NHL team and facing it like that, I thought he handled it pretty well, Ross. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with the fans booing. I, I wouldn't have been a part of the DJ, fire DJ chants. I think that... And uh, yeah, I'm not against the fans booing. I uh, hope I didn't come across like that. Oh. If you want to boo, you go ahead and boo. That's totally fair. Big time. And it's not just this 10-game sample size that people are booing. They're, they're booing seven years of not being Correct. where they need to be as a franchise that probably got far too used to being at the top for too long in terms of regular season success. From the time I was like seven years old until I was in university – it was playoffs every single year. I guess or at least every other year. Like they had a long stretch where it was every other year making the playoffs. Yeah, and then you get to a point now where it's six straight seasons where they have not made the playoffs. And now this seventh year, they're starting out with four wins in their first 10 games in a schedule that we admittedly said preseason was cupcake. They're at home, no back-to-backs, days off between games. And yes, injuries happen, but they happen to every team in the league. And there's teams that have played a lot more difficult schedules. Now I'm, I'm looking at the schedule in, in March, and we talked about that with Mark Mathot last week. Like, 
this is not going to get any easier. Now, the only thing is that with the Sweden trip, they're going to have some games in hand, but is that a positive or a negative? Because they're going to be played in quick succession. Now, maybe injured guys will get back. Shane Pinto's suspension will be done. Hopefully, these things all lead to a few more wins. But is it going to be too little, too late, which feels like the theme of the season in-game and in adjustments and in figuring out a way to get out of bottom of the Eastern Conference. Pilsy, the Senators are waking up this morning in last place in the Eastern Conference. Dead last through 10 games. Uh, like, I don't even think the biggest Sens haters could have predicted that this would happen. Like, even even Leafs, Habs, and Red Wings fans wouldn't have been like, yeah, the Sens are going to be in dead last in the East at this point. Like, no one anticipated this. The expectations are much higher than last place in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, it's uh, it's the famous famous qu- quote or line that's going around. What do the Sens and the Titanic have in common? Sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic. But um, but back to back to Brady's comments just quickly. I I, I don't understand it, all the hate for him. It's like it's pretty like I would almost call it soft. Like he's he said he's frustrated with us. You should figure it out. Yeah. What do you want what other emotion do you want out of him? I thought that was just raw emotion from the captain. And not only like people are saying that, you know, he should be stepping away from DJ. It's like, no, he's the captain of the team. DJ is a part of the team. He's going to have his back until day one. We talked about it on the postcast. I think it's time for a change behind the bench like yesterday, but Brady's, I would, I would be more upset at Brady if he jumped ship on the coach or turn his back on the coach that he's being a leader. Agreed. So I, I don't get why fans are turning their back on Brady Kachuk. We'll get to Brady's stats as captain of this team. He's doing his part. So to say anything about Brady's comments to me is, is misplaced as hate or dis, you know, frustration with the organization, with the team, with the results. But Brady's been doing his part. So I think that he's very much within his right to, you know, Say what he said on Saturday night. Minutes, we should add, after a frustrating loss. Like, that's what I think fans are sitting in their lawn, in their chair at home. And, like, I've even, I have even saw some people the next morning be like, after sitting on this for 12 hours, here's why I think Brady went over the line. It's like, Brady didn't have those 12 hours. Brady had about 12 minutes after the game. And he, he said what was on. He wears his heart on his sleeve, for better or worse. And. That's a captain I think that the whole team can rally behind. So I got no problem with what Brady said. Yeah, I, I have no problem with what Brady said, Ross. In fact, I I thought you, he couldn't have handled that situation better, honestly. So for the people that are are having issues with this... Let us know why in the comments. Yeah, explain it. Explain it because uh, I, would, I would love to hear it because I'm not sure how else Brady was supposed to react there. Kind of funny timing that the next day after those comments was the two-year anniversary of Brady Kachuk being captain. We'll look at the stats over the last two years. Next, we'll also get into our general manager search where Bruce Garriock has added another name to the list of quality candidates. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. If you guys are watching on YouTube, if you're listening on audio, you're probably like, what is Pillsy doing not in his studio? And why does he sound like he has no voice at all? 
It's because I scored awesome tickets to the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Bills game. And the Bengals, they did what they had to do, and they got the W, and it was an exciting game, and I was cheering like crazy, and I got no voice now. But the only way I was able to enjoy that was by going to game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It's the best place for last-minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Time is money. So just two taps, one, two, and boom. You got tickets on your phone. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. All last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. You know how much we love Shawarma Palace. Go there, get the platter, get the sandwich, whatever you get you know you're going to be fuel-filled because these fresh ingredients will keep you humming throughout the day. And it is always quantity, quality, mixed together into a perfect shawarma wrap. You can get the chicken shawarma, the beef shawarma, the falafel. You can get the shawarma poutine all at Shawarma Palace. They now have seven locations. And that's a lot considering they started with one humble beginning, one location, back in 1997, and now here they are expanding as they should. You can find them on Innis Road, on Bank Street, on Rideau Street, on Carleton University's Food Court, on Woodruff. They're also in the St. Laurent Shopping Center. So go grab a shawarma today, get the extra garlic, let them know Locked On Senator sent you. It's the only place to go for shawarma in Ottawa. Eat like a royal. Go eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy, licking our wounds after a 6-4 Senators loss over the weekend to the Tampa Bay Lightning, a must-win game that we had circled before the season even began with no Andre Vasilevsky, but the Tampa Bay Lightning got a pretty solid performance, I will say, from Braden Point, who led the way offensively in that game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was the first star. He was a hat-trick, had an assist, four points. But it really did feel like self-inflicted wounds were the reason why the Senators could not get that done. We have more on the postcast over an hour on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, we went after dark discussing the head coaching situation in Ottawa. But Pilsy, let's stay with the GM search, which we believe naturally you want to have your GM in place before any decision is made on the bench. Now, results might change that. Something might have to give. This team has lost five of six and are going into a stretch of three games in four nights. If they lose that game against Calgary as well, full panic mode because the Flames are having maybe the worst start outside of San Jose and Edmonton in the National Hockey League, even though Edmonton just beat Calgary in the outdoor game. You you get my drift, Pilsy. This needs to stop now. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, like... 
obviously you've got the Leafs and the Canucks before the Flames, but like you mentioned, the Flames are spiraling out of control, just like the Ottawa Senators right now. And if the Sens can't beat up on them before heading to Sweden, I mean, that's going to be a tough, tough trip. And I, I don't know what game I'm more nervous for, Ross, the Leafs or the Flames, because like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm nervous for all the games. I, I thought I would be excited for these games. Not so much. No. We have two days to get back into the saddle and figure out how to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. But now let's touch on Brady Kachuk's captaincy because it's come under fire with the way people have spoken about the leader of these Ottawa Senators. He was named captain on November 5th, 2021. And since then, he's played 165 games. He has 158 points, most on the Senators over that span. Has has 72 goals, first on the Ottawa Senators over that span. He has 655 shots on goal, an average of just under four shots per game first on the Ottawa Senators. He has 258 penalty minutes, first on the Ottawa Senators. He has 511 hits, first by a mile on the Ottawa Senators. This guy is leading by example, personified. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I I don't really understand how people can have a problem with Brady when he's been so consistent. Like, you just like those six stats we just listed off are some of the biggest stats you can look at. And do you, do you want to guess who the three players are who have more shots on goal over this span than than Brady Kachuk? It's it's a decent list. Ovechkin. Nope. What? Ovechkin's played fourteen less games, but he has uh, is thirty less shots. Stammer. Nope. Think think of the 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 alphas in the NHL. McKinnon. McKinnon is number two. McDavid. McDavid is number six. Drysidle then. Drysidle is not even close. Who's number one? David Pasternak. Ah, uh, yeah, I should have got that one. He has seven hundred and thirty-eight shots in one hundred and fifty-seven games. Oh my God. Uh, Nathan McKinnon and Austin Matthews are the only players with more shots on goal than the captain of your Ottawa Senators, Brady Kachuk. So he's leading by example from that. Uh, Maybe a stat you don't want him at the very top of. Only Pat Maroon has more penalty minutes than Brady Kachuk in the last 164 games uh, in the entire National Hockey League. So Brady, I mean, that's one area you probably want him to cool it a little bit. Uh, but still impressive that he's right up there. He's uh, two points behind Jonathan Tavares, as Biz copied your uh, your line there on Hockey Net in Canada. Uh, nice. I don't know if you saw that. He was calling him <laughs> all night. But uh, this guy is the uh, least. Basically, the whole reason for this segment is to show people that Brady Kachuk is the least of the Senators' worries. They got, yeah. big, they got big problems. Brady ain't one. And he's always backed up his talk like he's – and he, like ha- he's had to go through so much adversity and be a part of such wild Ottawa Senators years. And he's been so consistent and I'll use stable. He's been consistent and stable. So I love Brady Kachuk. Anyone else that has anything else to say? I don't get it. 
What did you think of DJ Smith changing the lines up going into the third period? Are you hoping to see that continue into Toronto on Wednesday where it was Brady Kachuk back with Josh Norris and Drake Batherson? And then they split up. Uh, they put Timmy on a line with Claude Giroux and Matthew Joseph. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I think, look, we, we all like the Brady-Timmy Giroux line, but... Like if you look, if you look at the points for the sentence, like those those are the guys that are leading the way, uh, plus Tarasenko, and you got to start spreading the wealth or doing something to to mix things up here. Unfortunately, yes, you certainly do. I did like though the fact that uh, Claude Giroux was put with Roby Arventi, one to help with faceoffs, and two, yep. you know, not that Roby played every shift with them. They were mostly, you know, they double shift Timmy, they double shift Norris, and that's something that we talked about in the postcast. Like you cannot. I know that DJ is like, he's coaching for his job right now where it's like no mistakes can happen on ice, but he's almost shooting himself in the foot by only playing four defensemen and 10 forwards. Like use, use your bench, use it. Well, Ross, it's like what I talked about when things are going bad, everybody thinks they have to be the hero. So instead of DJ just rolling four lines, like he probably should, he's like, I'm just going to, trot out my stars and hope that they get it done and then those guys are getting more frustrated more tired more desperate and it just it's not effective it's not a recipe for success long term no it's not the senators have to figure out something quick here because uh the season is slipping away and we're 10 games in pilsey we're 10 games into the season and i'm already saying how things are slipping away. One thing that needed to change was that Norris Kubalik Tarasenko line. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. It worked about as well as you thought. They played six minutes together. Um, the uh, expected goals percentage was 24% while they were on the ice. Uh, four shot attempts for 11 against. Uh, so, yeah, let's not see that one anymore. Um, the Senators had so many different line combinations. They ran five, six, seven, eight, nine different line combos at five on five. So hopefully they can figure out something that works. I get it. Injuries are a factor here. No Ridley Gregg, no Mark Kaslick, and half of the decor is out. Hopefully, maybe, maybe we get Artem Zub back in that game on Wednesday because, Uncle, I can't see Jake Sanderson play with Travis Hammonick any longer. I just can't. It's Enough's enough. Yeah, I agree. All right, Pilsy, let's get to the list of quality candidates for the Senators GM job next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, FanDuel is the trusted sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's North America's number one sportsbook also. Why would you use anywhere else? I'm not sure. And you'll be convinced once you check out their app. It's safe secure, easy to use. It's my favorite sportsbook app for sure. I had a lot of success, a lot of green numbers in the FanDuel account with the Bengals game. I bet on the over, the spread. Uh, Well, the over didn't hit, but you can bet on over-unders, the spread, the money line, player props, Joe Burrow passing, whatever you want, you can find it on FanDuel. And Pilsy's Parlay took one night off, but it'll be right back going when the Sens play the Leafs on Wednesday. So, the only place to play Pillsy's Parlay, you got to do it on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. You know and love our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. You can find them at 779 Bank Street, right in the heart of the Glebe. And when you get there, let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. Whether you're heading down to the land to Lansdowne for you know a walk or a 67s game soon, Ottawa's PWHL team will the be alert in the mix. The alert, alert. So go make sure you're on your way there at the Glebe Central Pub. They also have the shuttle to and from Ottawa Senators games, $17 round trip to and from the CTC. So you can book those tickets on the website, GlebeCentralPub.com. Send shuttle, great vibes. You can go see Sue gets you to the game while she gets you back to the Glebe Central Pub all in one piece. So don't worry about all the outside noise. Just focus on going to the game and having a good time. Head to our friends at the Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street in the heart of the Glebe, and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pilsy. News that uh, I don't think is very surprising. This comes to us courtesy of Elite Prospects Transfer. It's a rumor for now, so we'll see as it develops. Uh, did you see Yuri Smekal after scoring his first AHL goal? I've never seen someone less inspired after what's supposed to be a celebration. Rumor is he's going back to the SHL. What? Yeah. I mean, I guess I I'm not that surprised, but I thought it would last a little longer than this. Yep. Yep. 20 minutes ago, he's uh, rumored to be going back to the team he came from in the SHL. Oh man, who this happened with another player with the Sens last year? Uh, I'm blanking on the name. A while ago, not Schlappy. It was a guy they brought in. He, uh, I'm not going to find it. But this, this is a concerning trend. If this continues to happen, European guys that are brought in to Belleville and then pretty soon after they just hightail it back home because they're for well, I shouldn't speculate for whatever reason. I uh, guess who his agent is? Craig Oster. Craig Oster. Oh, man. Come on. Well, this is just one of those things where it's like, come on. Like, I know it's a different GM, but I thought he showed well in preseason. It's like you don't want to give him a look. He probably saw Zach McEwen get called up. He's like, I'm out of here. This is crazy. Yeah, honestly. I, I really thought uh, Schmeichel would be – an extra forward at the very least. Like I didn't think he would spend that much time in Belleville. And by the sounds of it, I don't think he thought that either. Wow. We wasted serious concentration calories this summer, breaking down his game. Hey, eh, pills. We really did. Yes. It's unfortunate. And again, this is a rumor for now. Uh, we've sent a text out to our Belleville connection and we'll see if uh, Yuri's on the bus after Belleville had a, a road trip of a weekend. Uh, Pilsy from bad news to good news. Artem Zub is out there in a regular color jersey for the first time. Hey, there we go. Might be back. That's good news, Ross. This, this decor needs Artem Zub more than we realized. Well, this organization probably needs a little leadership at the top that could get them into a situation where players aren't going back to their homeland before having a chance to finish up their first season with the organization, but all jokes aside, we've compiled this list of names who are speculated 
to be on the radar. None of these are slam dunks. You know, there's no favorites as of yet. These are just the list of names that we've seen thrown around in various news outlets for the Senators GM position. Most recently, it was Bruce Garriott last night that added Sean Horkoff to the mix. He's the assistant general manager with the Detroit Red Wings. And remember what we said, Pilsy. There's going to be a natural connection to Steve Steos and or Michael Anlauer. Sean Horkoff and Steve Steos played about 500 NHL games together with the Edmonton Oilers. So it would be no surprise for him to go with someone who he's very confident and knows as a person as well as a hockey mind. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's not going to be too hard to connect a lot of dots uh, going through this GM search here, as I'm sure they're going to pick someone that at least Steos and or Ann Lauer are familiar with. And I mean, there's a lot of connections all over and so we can kind of we can kind of work on all those connections and how we feel about each guy one one by one here ross so who would you like to start with for the sense gm candidates well i like matthew darsh i think he and we tweeted this out at send central matthew darsh is the favorite among fans and that's who's in the photo um that we put up here he's hoisting the stanley cup which he's done twice as a member of the tampa bay lightning he's the assistant gm there and pilsy i knew that he played for Hamilton, I didn't realize this. Michael Anlauer's first year owning the Hamilton Bulldogs when they were an AHL team, Matthew Darsh was his captain. So that's an interesting wow. little connection too. I did see he played for Hamilton, but I didn't realize it uh, meshed with Anlauer owning the team. So that's definitely a big one there. And Ross, another connection. Um, I believe Matthew Darsh interviewed for the GM job in Montreal when Michael Anlauer was a minority owner there and Anlauer sat in on those interviews. So he's well aware of what Matthew Darsh brings to the table. And like you said, I mean, uh, he he's holding the Stanley Cup in the picture we're using of him. You love to see that. Yeah, his resume speaks for itself with Tampa. He's yes. been there for five years, director of uh, hockey operations, now assistant GM. He's just a guy that that it will be a GM soon. He's interviewed for multiple positions, and you know that eventually he's going to get his chance to put a stamp on a yep. team. Peter Shirelli. Probably we go from most to least popular here, but Peter Shirelli has plenty of experience dating back to, well, the late 90s. He was with Ottawa as their legal consultant, becomes the assistant GM in Ottawa, goes to Boston, drafts, develops a Stanley Cup core there, makes the Tukarask for... Andrew Raycroft trade. And then more recently, his resume does not speak so loudly. The Edmonton experiment went about as awful as you could. He did draft Connor McDavid, though, Pills. He got Congrats. Hey, his first move as GM was drafting Connor McDavid. You got to give him some credit there. Nah, that's about as easy of a slam dunk as you could get. But when you look at his overall body of work, there's, there's not a whole lot to get excited about, at least in recent times. But he also, look at connections, uh, the, the word on the streets is that he is someone who helped Michael Anlauer throughout the sale process, just being an Ottawa guy and uh, advising. So I'm, I'm thinking he would be more suited for an advisory role at this stage in his career rather than the GM position. Right now, he is the senior vice president of hockey operations with the St. Louis Blues. Going down the list, let's go with John Ferguson Jr. because I was a little surprised to see that name out there. Uh, he was on the other end of the Rask for Raycroft trade, former GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, we already tried hiring the Leafs' old assistant coach to be the head coach. That didn't work. Like, 
I know that he's with Arizona now. He's the AGM. He's way younger than I thought he was. Yeah. But he also has a connection to the Ottawa Senators, Pilsy. Yes. Yeah. John Ferguson Jr. was a scout with the Ottawa Senators from 1993 to 96. And then from there, he went on to be an assistant general manager with the St. Louis Blues in 97. And he's he's been in front offices pretty much every single year since. So, Look, you talk about Shirelli, that's a guy with a lot of experience. Uh, John Ferguson Jr., also a lot of experience. Uh, I don't know. Not uh, It's, it's kind of hard to get a good read on him because the most shine he's had was as general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but also we're, we're going back like over a decade. Like He was with the Leafs from 03 to 07. So like it's, it's been a long time since that uh, was the case. So... I don't really know how I feel about John Ferguson Jr. To be honest, Ross, because it's it's been so long since he's been the guy steering the ship here. Yeah, and in Arizona, obviously, there's plenty of financial concerns and obligations that can maybe be the reason why they they are where they are in the standings. He would not be a name that I'd be super excited about in a GM role. Again, if he wants to be an advisor, anyone with experience, I would welcome as an advisor from this yep. list. Um, Jason Spezza, obviously best known as a player for the Ottawa Senators, but don't look now, but like he's been in management for like five or six years. It's not like Jason Spezza just retired anymore. Time is slipping away, Pilsy. And for Jason Spezza, he's made the most of it, kind of following around with Kyle Dubas, first in Toronto and now in Pittsburgh. So he's the assistant general manager for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And obviously, it's a name with a plenty of connection to Ottawa. We know Ann Lauer is doing his best to honor alumni. I don't know if this would be in that category, but I also don't think it would be a courtesy like, oh, he 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 has name recognition in Ottawa. He's the guy. Like just like Matthew Darsh, like he's working his way up through the through the ranks, and he will be a GM one day. Well, Ross, actually, I, I think your uh, your timelines are a little slipped here. Jason Spezza hasn't been doing that for that often. He was three still years? playing with the Leafs in 21-22. What? Yeah. Really? So he, he just had the one year as special assistant with the Leafs, 22-23, and now this year with the Penguins. So he doesn't have as much experience as, as you might think here, and... Look, I'm I'm not gonna bash the guy for not having experience. I mean, it's it's like the classic uh, job industry today. All right, it's an entry level job, but you need three years of experience. Well, how do I get experience if I if I can't get a job to get experience? Um, so I, I'm not gonna bash him for that. I do think Jason Spezza is a very intelligent hockey mind, not just on the ice and uh, as a player, but he thinks the game past uh, just the ice and. I always said when he retires, I wanted him to be an assistant GM in Ottawa, but I'm not looking at Jason Spezza thinking this is the guy that can come in and be the GM right now and uh, kind of stabilize everything. And plus, I think he likes his buddy Kyle Dubas too much. He's not about to leave uh, leave that job anytime soon. Yeah, he just got to Pittsburgh as well. Ryan yeah. Bonus is a name where if they want to look internally, I'm sure he'll get an interview, but to me, it's like he's already the AGM. Like, don't you want to add someone from the outside rather than promote him? And then you're still just looking for an AGM at that point. Yeah, agreed. And I, I feel like I, at least I'll apologize. I feel like we've been talking about the potential candidates for GM, and we haven't even mentioned Ryan Bonus. Look, 
that again, that's not a slight to Ryan Bonus. I think he's done a good job. He's really done well filling in the Belleville roster with proper pieces, bringing in more veteran guys, uh, things like that. So I think Ryan Bonus is is doing great where he's at. And Michael Anlauer even said it. Right now, Ryan Bonus is going to get a little taste of uh, more job responsibilities and duties than the typical AGM would get. Everybody's being asked to kind of elevate uh, their roles and what they're doing with no GM here and this quick, sudden change. So I just think it would make more sense to keep Ryan Bonus where he's at and bring in a new general manager that has more experience. What do you think of someone with zero experience in management but has plenty of experience around the league. And that, my friend, would be Craig Oster, who is Brady Kachuk's uncle, but also the head of Newport Sports, one of the most powerful agencies in the National Hockey League. Look, when you talk about general managers, an important thing, Ross, is you got to be respected around the league. Like if you're going to be going, making trades, uh, having relationships with uh, all the other general managers and president of hockey operations and things like that, it's important that you're respected around the league. Like that is, is a big deal. And Craig Oster certainly is respected around the league. Uh, I don't know. Like the, I think this is becoming a story. I don't have any insider information or anything. I'm just speculating. I think this is becoming a story because this is the path that Montreal took recently. And Michael Anlauer, who was with Montreal at the time. Yes. Michael Anlauer was involved with that. So that connection is very obvious. And I get that for me. I'm putting uh, any agents that might be candidates in the same list as, um, guys that don't have experience as a general manager. I'm not saying they couldn't do it or wouldn't do a good job. It's just, I don't think that's the approach that the Ottawa centers need right now. Again, Steve Steos emphasized stability. I want someone that knows how, how to steer the ship and will be able to transition into a general manager job with ease. Pilsy, we got line combos today. Ooh, let's hear them. Well, before, Thank God they're practicing. Jeez. I know. Before I get to that, though, who would be your number one candidate? I'll, I'll power rank uh, top three. How about that? I'll give you a top I love three. That for you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, top of my list, Matthew Darsh. Uh, I really think that he makes a lot of sense coming from a stable organization like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he's, he's someone that Michael Anlar is familiar with, like we talked about. So, I like the idea of Matthew Darsh as a leading candidate here. Uh, I think Sean Horkoff, the Steve Steos connection, will have a major impact on this. I mean, Ross, even Matt Nichols, uh, the connection with Steve Steos was very uh, present there. So I think Horkoff definitely will be in the conversation here. And as, as far as my third one, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think Peter Shirelli is probably probably got a pretty good chance here just because of all the experience he has. Not the guy I would, I would personally want, but I think he's probably very much in the mix here. Let us know in the comments who you want to be the next GM of the Ottawa Senators. My final thoughts for today's show are the lines at practice, and we will see more of Norris, Kachuk, and Batherson. That is the top line at this morning's practice. Tim Stutzla is between Matthew Joseph and Claude Giroux. They're keeping that all together. Now, where things kind of go off the rails, for me at least, is Rourke Chartier, he of what? Does he have zero points or one point this season? Either way, yeah. this guy's uh, he's got one assist. He's got one assist. 
one assist in 10 games. He was dashed two in the last game. He gets the opportunity to play between Kubalik and Tarasenko. Well, Roby Yarventi, maybe the least suited fourth liner in this entire organization, is centering the fourth line between Parker Kelly and Zach McEwen. But it all, all feels better when you look at the top pair. Jake Sanderson is back with Artem Zub. Exhale. Jacob Chikrin is with Jacob Bernard Docker. Tyler Clevin is with Travis Hamannick, which means Nicholas Mattin Palo is the extra defenseman. Corpusalo and Forsberg are the goalies. Your thoughts on how today's roster shakes up? Well, I, I actually like Rook Charte Ross. Uh, he's very good in the face-off dot. He plays a strong defensive game. I know you just Not mentioned a third line. Like this is like having Dylan Gambrell at third line center last year. Like it just it has zero excitement. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's where I was going with that. Is he's he's this year's oh. Dylan Gambrell. We have a correction from Claire Hanna. We have a correction from Claire Hanna. Travis Hamannick is the extra defenseman. Oh wow. That is shocking. I mean, it's shocking, but it shouldn't be. Exactly. No, th- that's the thing. Like, I'm shocked that DJ Smith took him out. But if you look at his stats and how he's played last couple of games, that would be the guy you'd point to and say, hey, take the night off. I would say so. Yeah. Now, the only problem is Clevin and Matthew Palo just, I mean, now we're seeing it both ways. We're, we're seeing it both ways. So we'll see what happens. We'll discuss tomorrow on Locked On Senators. But the bottom line is Artem Zub is back, which yep. means a right shot defenseman is going to be on the outside looking in. But Pilsy, lots of kind of fear, I think, on today's show, like fear of the way that fans are reacting to Brady Kachuk, fear of five losses in six games. The only potion that feels strong enough for this potion. is hiring a qualified candidate for the Senators GM position and beating the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday night. <laughs> A, yes. a win against the Leafs and then a win against uh, Vancouver because I think that's an extra problem. These will actually be my final thoughts on today's show is that there's also been so many days between games yep. that you just stew on the same losses. So now two more days off. Well, I guess the rest of today and all of Tuesday, then a game day on Wednesday and then three games in four nights, like bang them out, win all three and you're above 500. It's that easy. It's that easy. I like it. That you know what, Ross? That's a great plan. Let's go with that. Win all three, and you're back to five hundred. Final, um, final thoughts for me are: Yeah, I I agree, Ross. I I don't love the idea that Chartier is the guy there. I think he's perfect in that fourth line role, and I think Roby Arventi would thrive in between uh, Kubalik and Tarasenko. I think that's a guy that. Uh, you know, he, he's got a bigger frame. He's got good playmaking ability while also having a nice shot himself. So personally, I would have put Roby there and Chartier back down on the fourth line. But at this point, I'm willing to try anything. I'm willing. Perfect. <laughs> perfect call for help at the end of today's show. We'll be back yeah. tomorrow. We're just working out a time for Matt to get him back on this week. Working on a Send Central Citizen. Lots of great things planned as we head into the most important week of the season. Sens have three Canadian opponents. They're on the road in Toronto, back home against Vancouver on Thursday, and then they got the Calgary Flames on Saturday. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Sens Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>